Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Back on September 4th, 2017, my guest, holistic psychologist, author, speaker, and consultant, Catherine Kelly, Ph.D., suggested how all of us can unlock our human soul's natural tendency to consciously heal, grow, and evolve at any age. And today I've invited her back to advise on a subject of immense importance in this modern 24-7 world of instantaneous communication, demand, opinion, and opportunity. And the issue is how do you and I accomplish, then sustain real work-life balance? And here's a bit of a conundrum. Dr. Kelly informs us that the biggest mistake employees make in corporate America, and I might add as owners and managers and employees of small businesses as well, is to consider balance as something separate from work. And when you think about it, how can you possibly lead a healthy, fulfilling, and stress-free life in balance if you're spending 40, 50, or more hours a week on a tension-packed, overly demanding job, or for that matter, a repetitive, no-challenge, no-reward job that bores you to tears. So is your employer concerned with your personal work-life balance? Catherine Kelly reports that in most organizations, work-life balance is more of a joke than a reality. In fact, nearly 8% of total health care spending dollars in the U.S. now is attributable to unhealthy workplace environments, and stress is costing businesses more than $180 billion a year. The solution? Well, since employers demonstrates, uh, demonstrate so little concern about work-life balance, it's up to each one of us to create and implement our very own personalized self-care strategy. And Dr. Kelly is here to help your, you balance your life as part of your career path. And for those who missed the previous appearance, here is Dr. Catherine Kelly's qualifications. She's a clinical psychologist with over 25 years of direct client experience, a pioneer in holistic and spiritual health, teaching her soul health model all around the country, and her mission is to help folks like you and me not just to heal but to evolve. And a passionate speaker, Dr. Kelly, has appeared on more than 300 radio and TV shows, and she's author of the 2013 bestseller Soul Health and a brand-new book that we'll introduce, uh, do, she'll introduce us to today, Recipe for Radiance, Mastering the Art and Soul of Self-Care. And hello, Dr. Kelly. Welcome back to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Yeah, hi, Brian. I'm so glad to be back today. And, yes, this is a very important topic. Well, let's begin with what's wrong. You tell us that most organizations and most organizations that, uh, as, you said, as I said before, work-life balance is more a joke than a reality. And I know in uh, my community, several large employers strive to promote employee welfare 
Some even provide uh, exercise facilities, daycare facilities on premises. They offer generous paid family leave. Where are employees failing? You know, I think the biggest thing is that there's still this perception that, um, you know, really that it, and employers probably aren't going to like what I'm about to say, but there's a perception that um, there is a fear of taking care of oneself in the midst of a very busy job, um, like you said, a job that's not very fulfilling. Um, taking even five minutes to go to the water cooler these days is, you know, feared. It's it's seen as something that you're a slacker or you're not doing your job or you're afraid that they're going to come down on you because your productivity is low or whatever that may be. Yeah, so I remember like, years ago, this was years ago, but it's probably true today that I was in a high-stress job and nobody wanted to be the first one to leave in the evening. So right. we'd all sit around whether we really had anything to do or not. And, and show work up late <laughs> to show up. But after the boss left, then everyone started Everybody filtering out quickly. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's so, you know, I as a therapist and a workshop provider and also a consultant, I do a lot of uh, consulting with different businesses, small and big. And it's one of those things where, you know, there's just this um, corporate mindset. And I think that that really, there's almost a culture. But, you know, like you said, one of the biggest mistakes that I think a lot of employees make is that we consider balance to be something separate from work. Yeah. And we think we have to do everything we can to uh, do our jobs, um, you know, meet the goals, meet the um, productivity, you know, levels. And yet at what cost? Because the research is so clear that actually when a person leads a more balanced life, they are more productive. So. Yeah. We make this mental mistake of believing that work is um, different from a life balance perspective. Yeah. Well, for listeners who are corporate executives, managers, or small business owners, folks responsible for bringing out the best in others, can you please offer one or more suggestions on how to help employees accomplish that work-life balance? You know, you can't make somebody be in balance, but as a leader, how do you remove just those feel-good platitudes uh, to uh, implement steps that actually benefit the employees and uh, make a real difference. What are you know, some I think there's, that... there's two things that are related to the same answer I'm about to give, um, yeah. but I think that the number one thing is to be a good role model yourself because yeah, we sure. always aspire to whoever the authority is above us. We think that is the gold standard. And yeah. yet, if you think about a lot of the corporate execs, they're not very balanced either. So I think first and foremost, creating your own recipe for radiance, meaning showing that you live a balanced life and encouraging others, that that is actually, to me, what creates um, even a better leadership role. That's so for sure. number one, it's that. And I think number two is what I the part two of what I said earlier was that encouraging employees as well. Now, you are absolutely right, Roy, that there are more companies and businesses that are encouraging uh, physical health and mental health and yeah. family health. Um, but I think it, it all starts, again, from the top down, that you've got to see that model. You need, you need to see the um, leaders model it, and then you have to encourage it on the way down as well. Yeah, you make a good point, I know, in your promotion that uh, the people who are, uh, have healthy lives and overall balance are far more productive, and they're usually the best leaders and the best uh, employees yes. because of that balance. So it really working long, stressful hours really doesn't accomplish that much in productivity, I don't think. 
No, and you know what's interesting, and I'm going to relate this to um, kind of upbringing of children as well. The research has been clear for decades that children or uh, teens who are involved in extracurricular activities, which are socially related or sports related or, you know, something that is keeping them balanced, whether they realize it's it's a form of balance or not, but but it shows that actually the the kids that are um, more uh, active in those kinds of extracurricular activities are actually more, um, they excel more in school, in yeah. their studies. Forget the book theory. <laughs> so it's, it's sort of a self-imposed um, form of life balance because if you're yeah. on a sports team, you're, in, you're not only getting physical health, but you're getting a lot of social health and you're active and you're you know, doing things you like. So it, it's an interesting kind of thing that somehow when we graduate from high school, we lose that kind of imposed balance and then everything turns to the work world. Yeah, I can still remember some of my best friends going back to college were uh, fellow for, uh, people on the cross-country and track teams that I got to know, and it's great interpersonal relationships you develop yeah. in sports or whatever activity may be, drama or band, <laughs> orchestra, yeah. whatever. And you learn interpersonal skills as a result. So, yeah. you know, it's this really beautiful blending of all of these different aspects of what I, you know, what I consider health yeah. um, to come into being a grounded individual. So, you know, I, I just find it interesting that, you know, once we hit college and the corporate world, um, we lose a lot of that. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, let's turn to our listeners as individuals, uh, whether or not they're formal leaders. Um, in your for, uh, promotion, you mentioned a three-step approach to a recipe for radiant living. And can you briefly summarize what are the three steps? Absolutely. And I'm going to give you very a very quick explanation. I literally, in this book, Recipe for Radiance, um, use how chefs are taught to create recipes through culinary school in order yeah. to teach people to create their own recipe for radiance, in other words, their own self-care plan. Yeah. So the first three steps are basically, you know, identifying, number one, your, what your primary ingredients, in other words, your primary self-care um, goals, your, your primary um, activities that really kind of help you feel balanced and grounded. Yeah, you better know what your ingredients are before you start cooking something. <laughs> yes, and, and that's it because, you know, I think the third biggest mistake that uh, people make is that they think the self-care is going to take too much time and too much effort. Yeah. And the only effort it takes usually is that you have to find out what you need. So that's why I've actually created this metaphor about, you know, cooking up your recipe because yeah. if you don't know what you need and you're, you know, uh, you're a particular person, you, you need something different than maybe your next-door neighbor or your spouse or your child, you have to figure out what you need in order to create that ultimate recipe. Yeah, not only do you have to know what you need, but you have to initially know what you're trying to cook or yes. what your ideal vision of the future is. Yeah, and the very first chapter in the book uh, talks about in basically looking and envisioning what your recipe for radiance would look like for you. In other words, what would radiance, what would life balance look like for you in particular? Yeah. You have to envision that, and that's exactly what chefs do. They have to think through what experience they want a customer to have in order to create a recipe. Yeah. So I walk you through, in this book, I walk you through these steps, just and in, in they're very relatable steps, of yeah. how to create this for yourself. And okay, so the first step is, uh, 
identify the ingredients, then what's step two? Well, actually, it's a three-part of identifying your ingredients because you have to know your primary ingredients, so the meat and potatoes or the sustenance of what really kind of keeps you afloat. Um, You have to use uh, a little bit of time to identify what the broth ingredients are. I call it the broth because these are the fluid things that come in and out of your life or kind of function in the background in order to keep you healthy. And it could be as simple as having music playing in the background as you're doing Hmm. something else just to kind of help, um, again, flush out whatever the stressors are from the day. And part three of that is, uh, and this is kind of the fun part, uh, it's identifying what these spices or the flavorings are of your life that, again, you don't need them all the time, but a little bit goes a long way. So, you know, if you're a concert goer, going to a concert is going to feed you for a whole long time, whereas, you know, if, if you're not doing things that are fun and unique to you, you're not going to be very well nourished at that deep level. Yeah. Here's a conundrum you have. Uh, say a listener creates, uh, follows your suggestions and creates a personal strategy for optimal health and life balance. The problem is his or her strategy for balance is clearly at odds with the current workplace environment, <laughs> the hectic schedule, long hours, demanding boss. You need the salary and the overall mission of your employer is in line with your objectives. But here's a couple of questions. How far along in the process if at all, should you inform your boss that uh, your life is out of balance at present and that you desire a change? I mean, should you involve the boss early on, or uh, how do you get get the company or the employer involved? In the- you know, I think it's a two-way street as far as modeling because I think that, you know, like you said, there's going to be some bosses that are not going to be overly receptive. And, of course, in an ideal world, we're going to have a boss that is uh, well-balanced or at least promoting life balance. Yeah, but I think if 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 you as an employee start to just make the changes for you, and as long as you're staying productive, as long as you are doing the things you need to do, but you're taking a a little bit of time at lunch to go debrief, or you're taking yeah. five minutes to just kind of clear your head, or you're you're recognizing, okay, I need to weave in a little bit of um, breathing time so that when I go to this meeting, I'm going to have a clear head, or yeah. there's just really small ways that you can make differences. I have a client that I'm working with now who actually is in corporate America. He works in a bank that oh. is uh, undergoing a uh, merger at this point, Bank of America. Oh, that's about as frightening as it can get. Yes, <laughs> and it it just, we have a corporate headquarters here for Bank of America, and he, of course, is very stressed about what that's going to mean and if he's going to have a job. And so yeah. one of the things that we implemented two sessions ago was that I assigned him once a day to take just five minutes to just stop and breathe, huh. whether it's going and looking out a window, going outside for those five minutes, or when he gets home, sitting on back deck, whatever it might be. Yeah. He came in last week saying it's amazing how much just that five minutes makes. Yeah. It, it, just as such a difference. So, again, we have this perception that self-care is going to take an extraordinary amount of time, but a lot of times we just have to learn what it is on a particular basis, what's going to help us uh, reweave our lives so that we can balance it all. Yeah, I guess how how you involve the the employer or the boss depends a lot on who that boss is, or maybe if it's bad enough, you don't don't need to be in that employer. But, yes, uh, and there's power in numbers. So if more and more employees start to do little things to balance their lives, then again, you know, how how is a, a boss going to really argue with that? Yeah. 
Well, before I let you go, I'd briefly like to move on to the broader picture. You're widely recognized for your soul health model, something you use with clients every day. And in this model, you depict the soul and its development and the illustration of a tree. In your illustration, where does the soul reside and where does the, what do the tree's branches represent? Oh, perfect. Yes, I love these questions. So, you know, I created this model because I realized that there were so many different aspects of wellness that aren't even talked about in most of the wellness models. You know, as a psychologist, I've been doing some sort of wellness or mental health work for 31 years. And so the branches of the tree represent the 10 key branches of the human condition that pretty much everybody is trying to figure out and in balance. So it's physical, psychological, social, interpersonal, spiritual, intellectual, inter- environmental, sexual, and then recreational. So those are all very, you know, when you, when you hear me say those words, you realize, yeah, those are things that we all kind of struggle with. Yeah. The, the core of the tree, the, the base of the tree, the trunk of the tree represents the soul. And to me, it's, the soul is, is the essence of who we are. It doesn't have to have a religious uh, connotation. Yeah. Because everybody has their own, you know, special needs and their own uniqueness to this world. But if we don't know ourselves at a deep enough level to know what we need within each one of those ten branches, we're going to be unbalanced. We're not going to lead what I call an aligned life. So the soul health model really is it's broad sweeping. I can use this model to explain any imbalance in, in a person's life. Because well, this is an unusual it. tree because I notice it has a couple hands reaching upward. Yeah. <laughs> what does that represent at the bottom of that? Yeah, so the hands reaching up show that the soul part of us, how sturdy we are as individuals, how much we know ourselves as individuals, it helps sustain our growth as far as the branches on those trees. Yeah. And so there's an energy to it. There's a lift to it. There's, there's a support to it. But if we don't know our soul, we're probably not going to know what we need from a human level as, as well. So we, we really need to look at that interplay between both in order to lead what I call the most radiant life. Yeah, I notice in the healthy, prospering individual, what is the soul's most natural state? This was fascinating to me. Yeah, to me, the soul's most natural state is contentment and joy. And even in the worst of times, if you have a good grounding, if you have a good sense of who you are, if you can go to that deepest part of you, you're going to feel a sense of balance and joy regardless of those difficult kinds of things. And but isn't I, it natural state also, you point out, as expansive evolution, so it's absolutely. It's not we healthy when it's just to grow stuck. and evolve. <laughs> yeah. You know, just like trees. Trees trees are amazing. They will grow through concrete. They'll grow through mountain rocks. They'll grow through yeah. senses. They'll grow through all kinds of things that we wouldn't think of. So they are programmed to grow, and so are we. It's just that a lot of times as humans, we block our evolution because we worry too much or we don't give ourselves credit or we stop our potential or we don't balance our lives. (laughs) Well, is it possible to live a healthy, joyful, and fulfilling life if, say, one or two of our primary areas are out of balance, so long as eight or nine are in harmony? (laughs) Yeah, so here's the deal. Now, to me, our evolution is always a constant process, and health is also a process. And if you think about a tree... Yes, if one of the branches gets struck by lightning or gets hit by a truck and gets ripped down, the other branches basically push energy toward that branch in order to help heal it. So the more branches we have in balance, not only the less damage we're going to have as an entirety, but 
the less the, the more you know balanced those branches are the quicker we are to recover from that one or two particular branches that might be unbalanced yeah. so they all interact you know we can't have a healthy psychological life if um, financially we're super stressed you know no, we, or if your workload is stressing the heck out of you you can't really enjoy evenings exactly. and weekends it's all just about recovering and getting ready for the next day's stress exactly <laughs> yeah yeah so you know this i can again i can use this model for pretty much anything to help people understand the dynamics of how we function as humans well, let's talk a bit about your brand-new book, Recipe for Radiance, Mastering the Art and Soul of Self-Care. What was your primary mission in writing this book? You know, it's interesting. I am a – I love cooking. I have always loved cooking. I've got stories sprinkled throughout this book about cooking ever since I could stand up. And several years ago, I started using this metaphor with clients and workshop practitioners um, participants to um, help them understand how to create their own self-care plan because it's it's a user-friendly metaphor but even if you can only do a grilled cheese sandwich you still know that you have to figure out you know okay what are my you know top three or four ingredients you need to know what temperature to cook it at how long to cook it so it's a very relatable metaphor and so it's it's kind of been a fun labor of love because I have fun stories sprinkled in um it's a very short book it's only 114 pages and i intentionally did that because if you think about people who are wanting to do self-care they already don't have a lot of time (laughs) or they feel like it's going to take a lot of effort so i kept this book very brief there's a lot of fun images there's a lot of fun exercises in here that are super yeah the exercises are key no matter how short the book if people uh yeah. find exercises that are worthwhile. That's yeah. better than a bunch of words. <laughs> yeah, if this tells you anything, even the book coach that I that I have um, basically said she can't wait to get a copy because, um, you know, it's such it's such a fun idea that um, she's like, man, I'm going to, you know, start applying this to my life too. So well, In your book, you promised to reveal the secret ingredients to living the most radiant life. And as a preview, can you... Uh, Please sneak and tell us one or two of those ingredients, what they are. I know you well, don't give and, away the whole plot. But <laughs> well, and I think the whole thing is the individuality behind it. So, yeah. you know, there's tons of books out there on self-care as far as, uh, you know, exercise, eating right, and things yeah. like that. But to me, self-care is soul care. So the deeper you go with understanding what you need as an individual that is what's going to get you to that secret of radiance for yourself. Amen. And, and you don't want to sit around waiting for somebody else to uh, to get it, you there. Because it won't work. <laughs> it won't work. It won't work. <laughs> or for your rich uncle to die or to win the lottery. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Well, where's the, I know your uh, book just came out uh, as we record this and are in the view in the middle of May. Uh, where can people go to find your book? I think it's out now, isn't it? Or, uh... Uh, it's actually, as of May 3rd, is a launch. So we've got May 3rd coming. Uh, that is the major launch. And um, you can go straight to Amazon.com, and you type in Recipe for Radiance, Catherine Kelly, and you'll find it. You can also go straight to my website, which is www.drcatherinetkelly.com. And, hit and the that's D-R, yeah, not, you don't spell out the full doctors, drcatherinekelly.com. Yes. DrKatherineTKelly.com, and uh, on the books tab, you will see both of my books on there. 
And uh, if people are interested, they can also sign up for my newsletter on that main page, and then you will get updates about um, I have a wet recipe for radiance webinar that's coming up uh, based on the book, but it kind of takes you down a more um, individual path. And I've got lots of other classes and workshops on the way. I noticed you offer a free uh, gift uh, meditation that people can download from that. Yes. Tell us about that. Yeah, so, uh, you know, everybody everybody needs to sit quietly for a little while, and I created this really gentle meditation a couple years ago to offer people for signing up for the newsletter and getting more information. And it's um, it's a very, I don't want to give too much away, but it's, a, it's about a 20-minute meditation that takes you through a relaxation, takes you through a visualization, has a really beautiful, it's actually a video meditation, so it has a very beautiful uh, lake scene that kind of switches scenes a little bit. There's some little frogs that jump through it if you look closely <laughs> enough. Very gentle and soothing. Well, that sounds great. Well, yeah. in conclusion, um, in the midst of your hectic, sometimes unfulfilling lifestyle, do you ever pause to ask the question, who am I? Well, my guest, Dr. Catherine Kelly, points out the more important question is, who am I becoming? Uh, do you have in mind a clear image of the person you were created to be? And it's, it is so important that you and I don't attempt to live our lives defensively, trying to protect the status quo but we fail to recognize that our soul's natural state is continued growth and evolution. And we also need to acknowledge that we ourselves are primarily responsible for bringing balance into all areas of our life, and that includes how we earn a living, and no, nobody else is going to give us the balance we need. So please don't hang around stuck like so many of us do in middle age, waiting for someone else or circumstances to miraculously bring our lives into balance. And your certain path to a brighter tomorrow is, as Dr. Kelly calls it, conscious evolution, living life moment by moment with purpose and clearing the path for your soul to grow and evolve. And to help you along, I highly recommend you purchase Dr. Catherine Kelly's uh, brand-new book, uh, Recipe for Radiance, or her prior bestseller, now in its second edition, Soul Health. And Dr. Catherine, so much for returning, and best of success on your new book and in all that you do. Yes, and thank you so much for uh, having me again, Roy, and I will look forward to speaking with you in the future. Well, thanks a million to my guest, Dr. Catherine Kelly, for sharing her recipe for radiance. Her encouragement adds fuel to our joyful springtime message. Whether you call it radiance or the wow factor, the message is you can have a positive, optimistic outlook on today and tomorrow. Just follow a few steps as our guests recommend and you will get there. How about you? Do you have a realistic, positive vision of the future based upon solid second half of life objectives, a clear understanding of your higher purpose, strong, mutually fulfilling relationships, and ample self-confidence in your ability to get things done. And before I go, I'd like to remind you of our program's OPENS formula, O-P-E-N-S. We haven't talked about that in a while. And that's a formula that uh, opens your life, it O-P-E-N-S, opens your life to the full joyful benefits of being alive at any age. 
and OPENS, that's an acronym for Six Crucial Elements of Midlife Renewal, steps you and I can initiate to ensure that our middle years are indeed the best years of our lives, that the years to come were the best years of our lives. And you may inquire, why are there only five letters in OPENS to cover six crucial aspects of renewal? Well, it's simple. The letter S stands not for one, but two crucial elements, and more on that in a few moments. But let's begin at the top. The O in the OPENS formula stands for an optimistic outlook toward today, tomorrow, and on life in general. Uh, ways to achieve midlife optimism is what we've been talking about over the last few programs. And you can obviously go back and listen to any of them at your leisure. But let's go on to talk about the other five elements of midlife renewal. The P in the OPENS formula stands for prayer, and I mean this in a broad term uh, to uh, really mean a spiritual connection to a higher power, whether you refer to that power as God, Allah, Yahweh, or maybe universal intelligence. And whatever your specific religion, or even if you're an agnostic, it will be very difficult to establish your true purpose in life without connection to and advice from a higher power. And I don't know about you, but I always stumble when trying uh, and when striving for my, li- uh, for my life's direction without praying for guidance from above. And the third letter, E, in OPENS, is an ac- in our acronym, stands for exercise. And it's awfully difficult, isn't it? to sustain a consistently positive, get-her-done attitude as a confirmed couch potato. As we progress through middle age, for most of us, a regular routine of exercise needn't be strenuous. But don't you feel much better and more capable of attack, uh, of tackling your uh, challenges after a, an hour-long walk through the neighborhood or maybe 20 minutes on the treadmill? You know, some ideal solutions to nagging problems have come to me on walks through the park. And the N in the OPENS formula goes hand in hand with the E because the N stands for proper nutrition. And all of us are aware that malnutrition and obesity uh, both pose major problems in today's America. Neither our minds nor our bodies can operate at maximum capacity if they are failing to receive all the healthy nourishment they need. And come on, no one is is at his or her best in a 50-pound overweight body. You just don't feel that good when you've been sitting around and you know you're overweight, you don't look, and you don't feel your best. And from time to time on future programs, uh, programs, I promise to feature experts both on diet and exercise, and we've had them on prior programs, and I promise more will follow in the future. And this brings us to the S in OPENS, the last formula, which can be used to represent two key elements of renewal. The first of these is sleep, and experts tell us that adequate hours of truly restful sleep is required by every one of us each night in order to perform at our best. And sleep requirements are different for different folks. I don't know how much you feel like you need, uh, but we, uh, from time to time, will have experts tell us how we can get a restful, uninterrupted uh, 
night of sleep, which is an important element in renewal. And the second S in the uh, OPENS formula is socialization. And after all, no one can transform his or her life in a vacuum. (laughs) And to wake up to the second half of your dreams, you need to spread your positive attitude among your friends, loved ones, co-workers, uh, everyone that you come in contact with on a daily basis because it's very difficult uh, to renew in private. And the good news is, of course, that uh, uh, positive attitude is very contagious. And if you continue to spread it around, uh, your friends will want to join you. Uh, It's pretty tough to remain negative when someone else in the room is extremely positive. And there you have it, our OPEN, our OPENS formula for midlife renewal. And I invite you to travel along with us each week as we explore one aspect of a dedicated, purposeful, and joy-filled midlife in service to self and others. And as you will learn from our highly experienced and expert guests, nearly all of whom have already mastered the secrets of midlife transformation, it is possible to transform both your outlook and your circumstances at any age. Always remember, as we often remind each other, middle age begins around age 40, but doesn't end until you and I want it to end. Yep, you can still be middle aged at 83, so long as your mind stays alert, joyful and aware, routinely prepared for your next big adventure, and not dependent upon someone else totally. Uh, You may be dependent on your body, but your spirit is always your own, and you never need to resign yourself to be old and through with life. And promise yourself today that once and for all, you will cease lamenting on circumstances and blaming others for a stressful daily routine, unfulfilled dreams, diminished expectations, or an irrational fear of what might be coming down the line. There, uh, absolutely, a negative attitude really does yourself no good, uh, and it doesn't do anyone else any good either, does it? Uh, time for you to join us in applying the OPENS formula for a brighter today and tomorrow. That's O-P-E-N-S. And if you'd like uh, additional assistance on transforming your life at middle age, including 21 highly useful self-help exercises, and your very own pre-launch checklist, I invite you to preview my book, A Midlife Challenge Wake Up by Roy C. Richards. You'll find it on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, or you can buy it through our website, middleagerenewal.com. That's all one word, middleagerenewal.com. And so long for now. Tune in next week for another reason why, indeed, middle age can be your best age. Have a great day and be open to the future. Bye for now. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal Training System by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com. 